0: Hi, I'm Remy Gardner, and you're listening to The Podium.
1: This is The Podium, where we celebrate the best in the world of motorsport. And right now, we're joined with an Australian that's competing in the Moto2 World Championship. It is Remy Gardner. Remy, thanks so much for joining us on The Podium.
0: No worries, no worries. Good to be here. It's always nice to be on The Podium.
1: (laughs) Oh, exactly, Remy. Now, before we get into any of the action going on on track, talk a bit about the situation there in Spain at the moment with COVID.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, we we had it pretty bad, you know, a, a pretty bad lockdown, you know, like the rest of the world. Um, and it was pretty strict here. I mean, you weren't really allowed to go outside and uh, only if you walk your dog, if I got a dog, which is, A nice little uh, loophole. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I mean, um, there was two weeks when nobody could even go to work and everything was just, uh, it was on lockdown and and there was police everywhere and every time you go outside, they'd stop you and you had to have a receipt if you were going shopping or it was pretty heavy. Um, Then the other few days, uh, they let us get back to work. So I could actually go to my workshop and, and I could work uh, away in my workshop and work on my car. So I was, I was, you know, I was entertained <laughs> luckily, but now it's uh, nearly back to normal life. But it uh, seems to be like there's a few cases coming back here in, in Spain. And, uh, you know, there's a rumor that in uh, in September they, they might shut everything down again. So hopefully it doesn't happen. <laughs>
1: yeah now before we talk a little about your career more broadly, I want to ask you about that first round of the championship at Qatar uh Of course, it was one of those yeah. races that took place just before the big the big shutdowns took place. What was it like competing at that weekend?
0: um yeah, it was kind of uh it was weird at first, but then you know you kind of just you're still there to to do the job the job at hand. And, and uh you know you just gotta do what you what you need to do all, all the time, so once you're on the bike and you're racing, you know your head's so it's down, you know down, and you're not you're not looking at at uh are spectators or not, so it was okay, it was a bit weird at first seeing the paddock so empty that uh it was quite nice just to really focus you know on 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 the work you had to do so um and yeah it was it was a fairly good race as well, so yeah, it was just uh. It Was a weird one, let's say, because there was no matter GP, and it was it was very, it was weird in the beginning. But then it was okay.
1: Very good. I'll get your thoughts on that a little later on. Now let's go all the way back a few years. Yeah. Let's go back over two decades now for you, Remy. Of course, you were you've grown yeah. up in a motorsport family. Even your brother Luca has also done some motorsport as well in in his yeah. time. Let's talk about how you got involved. When did your passion first begin? Um. I saw a Harley Davidson,
0: apparently. Well, this is what my parents tell me, but uh, I saw a Harley Davidson on the road, and I said, I want one, I want one. And uh, I think I just hounded them for getting a motorbike. And then uh, I think for my fourth birthday, I think they bought me a little Sierra 50 or something. And uh, and it started <laughs> from there. And I just kind of rode that on on. on on our farm that we had in Australia and I think at about 8 or 9 years old I started pounding my dad, I want to race, I want to race and he wouldn't let me Uh, and then uh, we got invited to the um, support race, like a little CRS50 support race for the Wollongong Supercross and we did that and I think I won it and and I said, all right, Dad, I want to race motocross. I want to race motocross. you got to let me race motocross? And he couldn't say no because I just want to race. But he said, no, no, not motocross. It's too dangerous. Let's try dirt track. So he tried dirt track, and I liked it a lot. And, and then we started racing dirt track. So, um, yeah, I think at nine years old it was the first, first season.
1: Well, there you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. looking at my notes, yeah, I think three years old and then you got that bike for that birthday just after that. Um, what were you watching as a kid though? What, what forms of motorsport were you watching as a kid? Cause your dad obviously has a career in two wheels and four wheels. What were you watching?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I was watching that GP, actually. Um, I, I remember it. I, I wanted to do motocross. It, it was, like it was a point where I was like, I want to do motocross, I want to do motocross, and I, I remember I kept hounding my dad to try it, and he wouldn't let me. <laughs> and and uh, I and mean, then I remember always watching the GP races because I remember, you know, I remember those famous races with Valentino back in the day. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, we and and you know, Dad would have always had had the race on uh, on a Sunday, so. Yeah, I watched the GP races when I was a kid. Uh, And then I think when I started dirt tracking, I think that's when the road racing came into play, when I was kind of like, yeah, okay, I want to try that. And then that was a few years later, I think 12 years old or something like that, I started the first time on on a karting track. So it's quite late to to the road racing scene, to be honest, compared to the other the other kids start at four or five
1: years old. So yeah, and yeah, did you spend much time at race tracks as well in those very early days? With your dad, obviously, you know, knowing a lot of people in the MotoGP paddock, the supercar paddock, did you spend much time in a racetrack? track?
0: Yeah, 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 we did, we did. Not, 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 um, not actually other races. Just you know, our races, our dirt track races, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean, just yeah dirt track races and karting and kart tracks you know just um when i was starting to learn on on the road and yeah we we really spent a lot of time at the track a lot of dirt track we did a lot of dirt track racing so yeah we were always uh we were always traveling up and down you know in australia there's not there's not many tracks very close together so um it was always traveling to, to the races and then and then back home but uh yeah, never really going to other people's races. It's just mine, <laughs> mine and my brother's.
1: Right, right. And I think it was 2012 was when you first started in the major championships over there in Europe. Talk about that decision to move to Europe and, and everything that came with it.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we. Uh, I think it was 20, in 2011, my first season in Spain, um, in the Mediterranean Championship, which is kind of like a pre motor 3. Um, thing in Spain that they had and that was really good Uh, that was my first season I think I finished second in the championship and won a race and it was really good so I think uh, yeah at the end of the year I was like yeah I want to race TV I want to race Spanish I want to race Spanish championship he's like no 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 and he said, well, if you race Spanish championship, we'll have to live here because there's more races and there's testing and there's, because we can't just fly back and forth in Australia. And I said, okay, we'll have to live there. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it would have been 2012. Yeah, we picked up everything and the whole family moved over and uh, that was the first season in in the Spanish championship.
1: That's awesome. And you would have been only like 14 at that point in time. Was it quite a daunting experience packing yep, everything 15. up and going over there?
0: Um for me it was okay. Um I, I, I enjoyed it. It was it was it was tough. It was tough for everyone. It was really tough for the family, especially the first year. Um, the first year, the second year was, was quite was quite hard because, you know, you get to a country where you don't understand anything and you don't know what's going on and you know, it was we got no friends. It was was tough but uh but anyway it was uh was different but, you know, we hung in there and you know, things started to get better, so Yeah, definitely not
1: easy, but, you know, just hanging in there was key. For sure. And 2014, now this is like one of the first big seasons for you. Uh, You're ninth in the FIM CEV Moto3 European Championship. Yeah, talk us through that championship. And then, of course, we got to see you debut as a wildcard at Misano for the Moto3 Championship. Talk about that.
0: Yeah, so yeah, I spent uh, three years in the Spanish Championship, and on the in the last year, um, I did a wild card yeah, in Misano, uh, which was my first GP race, and that was with Kiefer Racing actually. That was, uh, it was it was Stefan Kiefer who actually gave me the, the opportunity, who unfortunately passed away uh, two years ago in in Malaysia. But uh, yeah, <clears throat> um. It was a really tough weekend for me. It was kind of like an eye-opener to see how fast everyone was. And I was on the Calyx KTM, which was not the best motor 3 bike. And I was, uh, yeah, it was tough just to jump in there and, and get on someone else's bike and, and try and get faster. So that was a really tough weekend. It wasn't, wasn't a very good race at all, but, uh, you know, had to get the first one out of the way with me. So... Um, yeah, it was, uh, kind of one of those ones we <laughs> wish you could have done a bit better, uh, for the first race. But then, uh, I did a few more wild cards, I think. Uh, I think it would have been that year with, with Legleesh, uh, with their KTM. And, uh, actually, I think in Malaysia, I, I did another wild card that year and I, I finished in 15th. I got actually, I actually got a point. Yeah. I think might have been that year. Yeah.
1: Yeah and, yeah. and you had a big crash as well that year in Spain and your dad wanted you to retire yeah. from, from Grand Prix racing at the time. Talk us through that.
0: Yeah. So that was actually one week before the wildcard in Misano, that crash. And, uh, yeah, it was in a, a circuit called Navarra and yeah, it was a big, big crash. Um, I was really fast at that track, and I could see uh, Navarra getting away out the front. And I was pushing a bit too hard, and opening the gas a bit too early, and the thing spat me off uh, in in style. And and uh, when I hit the ground, Gabriel Rod- Rodrigo was right behind me, and actually just ran ran over the top of me, and I was knocked out, unconscious, and uh, and I think the race was red flagged, and I just woke up watching bikes come past me and at that moment I was going to get off the track and then I got off and I was hurt but I wasn't too bad um I think I hurt my knee a little bit or something like that and and uh and I woke up and I had no idea what happened I just saw it was red flags I was like I'll just get the bike get back to the box I want to race I want to race (laughs) I remember racing back to the pit um and they kind of the mechanic, get the bike ready I want to race and, and the, the circuit officials are coming to me saying no no you're going to get a medical check up I was like well I'll do the medical check up if you let me race and they're like yeah okay so I was there trying to get a quick medical check up and then ran back to the box and I was like get the bike ready and uh, and in the end the, the swing arm was, was bent in the bike and, and they couldn't do it So, uh, but yeah I mean I didn't actually know what had happened and then uh on the way home, I wasn't, I was with, uh, I think I was with one of the trainers or something. He showed me the video and I was like, oh, holy shit, I got ran over." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, It was kind of like, oh man, okay, that was bad.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. Because I that. got
0: knocked out a little bit unconscious, so I didn't actually remember what was going on.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and like you said, you made your debut just a week after in Moto Three. You also got to race at Phillip Island that yeah. in another one of your wild yeah. wild card entries. Talk about that experience of racing there and riding down the Gardner Straight.
0: Yeah, um, I think I was actually pretty quick that weekend. I think I was, I was, uh, I think I was battling for like in the practices and stuff for top twenty, which isn't you know, not bad for the second race, and. Uh, uh, well, half I qualified twentieth or twenty first, maybe I'm not sure. Yep. It was not too bad, and and I remember it was, it was really cool. Because it, the, the the last time I'd rode there before that, the motor Three bike was on an 80cc, <laughs> so it was a, a bit of a step up, and um, yeah, it was awesome. You know, it's such a cool track, and I remember actually I, th- I think the bike actually stopped on the grid uh, for that race. I was there. Excited, ready to go and, and the bike stopped on the grid. They had to start from pit lane, I think it was. And uh I don't know what happened. I might have crashed, I'm not sure, I can't remember. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if I finished or not. Well, no, I did finish, I did. Yeah. I did finish. Well that's all right. Well too I, I don't know, I can't remember.
1: Well, two thousand and fifteen, that was your first full season in the Moto Three World Championship. What was that experience like yeah. stepping up into one of these big world championship categories?
0: Yeah, um, that was a really tough year for me. Um, really, really tough. Uh, I was with the Mahindra um, probably at their worst year. And, yeah, it, just, it was not good. Uh, I learned a lot that year, but, uh, yeah, we only scored points one time, and that was actually up to the final. Yeah, top ten finish. Um, which was, was no. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only point scoring uh <laughs> so, that was that was a nice little uh, surprise. But uh yeah, I mean I had a few decent races throughout the year but always seemed to have a little bit of bad luck or something you know, something like that, not not getting not getting the points. but yeah, we just weren't the bike was just too slow. And I think honestly if I did have a decent bike, I could have had some really, really nice finishes. Um so it's a bit of a shame but uh you know, uh it taught me a lot and really taught me to ride the balls off off, off the things. So, um, yeah, I mean the team were were a nice team and good mechanics and it was it was a good year. Just uh, you know, personnel wise, just we're missing the equipment. That's
1: all. Let's talk about the 2016 season now, Remy. Now this was a very weird season because you were meant to line up on a Moto2 bike from the beginning of the championship. Unfortunately the team that you're riding for ended up withdrawing just before the start of the championship. You ended up going and competing in one of the other series. Had a lot of success. You ended up winning at Catalunya in this other championship. And then you did manage to step onto a Moto two bike for the remaining two thirds of the championship. Talk about that weird season that was two thousand sixteen.
0: Yeah, that was uh it's a bit of a story, this one. Um yeah, we we basically we signed with uh I think it was Italtrans back in the day when it was a different um, owner. Right now, Italtrans is, is run by Italtrans, but it was a different team before. And uh, we signed there. And at the end of the year, of about a three years, in uh, the 2015. And I think it ran Christmas time. Uh, uh, they called us and said, look, we're withdrawing. Um, the sponsors pulled out. They want to run their own show and they got their other writers. So, I was left with nothing basically, and we're running around trying to find a, a decent team for for the, for the Spanish championship and in moto too. So we we, we found a French team, and and uh, that was a bit of a disaster. We our, my testing days for them was was track days with with novices, so that was that was their their. Uh, view of, of testing was it was going to a track day with you know 50 other slow riders and trying to ride a motor 2 bike around there and it was, a, it was a disaster and and uh managed to i think in the first race i was first two races at valencia i was, I was leading uh, both of them and no one of them i crashed out of uh but the second one i was leading and there was oil coming out of the bike everywhere, and, and uh, the thing was on oil and the thing was leaking oil everywhere. So, I think next race, what happened next race, uh, finished fourth or something like that in Aragon. I might have crashed, I think it was two races, I might have crashed in one and finished fourth in the other. And then we went to Catalonia, and I was leading the first race by about four seconds, and the bike was. Fishing oil out everywhere and uh, they black flagged me um, because they, the, the mechanics didn't know how to keep oil inside the engine. It was, it was a joke. <laughs> so I got black flagged. they came in, you know, wanted to rip someone's head off <laughs> and uh, they got the bike ready for the second race and went out. Again, pulled a big gap and, and managed to win that race. But uh, I think in the last, you know, four or five laps, there was actually oil coming out again all over the boots and the foot pegs. And I'm thinking, oh, God, here we go. They're going to black flag me again. So, but managed to hang in there and, uh, and win the race. But that wasn't the first time. It was just oil. All, like, every practice, there was oil coming out everywhere. It was just a joke. We were a team. So, uh, right about that time, Alessandro Tanucci was riding to Tasca, pulled out uh at Tasca after the jello race and what happened then yeah then uh yeah they asked me to come ride for them and, and I said yes, yeah, just get me out of this team out of the C V and uh we signed for the rest of the year with Tasca from Montmelo so um which was a which was a decent year.
1: Yeah, yeah you had a few points finishes in that season as well. Two thousand and seventeen and two thousand and eighteen yeah. you're competing uh, in the Moto2 Championship, full-time. You had some big crashes, though, during these seasons. Um, we talked about one of the ones that you had earlier. How do you get back on a bike after after a big crash? What's the mentality like?
0: Yeah, yeah, I had a few big big crashes with a uh, with tech 3 bike. Um, I must say it's not the easiest bike to ride. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, when you crash, it's kind of just, you know, learn from it, forget it and get back on it. So that's the way you gotta think. Doesn't matter what bike you're riding, you've just got to move past it and and keep going. Otherwise you're just gonna <laughs> you're gonna stay in the same spot forever. So you know, ask any rider and they'll tell you the same, I think. So um but yeah, the test bike was, was a little bit of a difficult one.
1: <laughs> oh for sure. Well let's talk about two thousand and nineteen. Now this is a huge season for you. Uh, you're on the Calyx. Uh, Eleven points finishes. You had a podium and a fastest lap at Argentina. Uh, top five finishes at Qatar and the British Grand Prix, and of course a pole at the Dutch Grand Prix. A lot of highlights here in 2019.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 2019 was kind of like the year it turned around a little bit, and uh, yeah, finally got on a, a decent Calyx and. And everything was going really well. Um, Not really happy with myself how it all turned out, the mistakes that I made. Um, But you know, you have to you have to be happy with the the achievements that you know that that I did last year. Um, Getting a podium and the pole, and you know, a few fast laps, and really fighting up there most of the season. but yeah there were a few you know there were a few silly mistakes that that uh, could have been avoided and and you know more points finishes would 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 have been uh, achievable and i think uh, a better position in the championship um and even i think more podiums to be honest so uh, just uh yeah needed to, needed to you know work on myself and i really did over the last winter to try and improve for this year so um, let's see how that pans out.
1: Let's talk about that first ever podium for yourself. What were the emotions like after that race weekend?
0: Yeah, it was pretty pretty amazing, you know. It was kinda of just like you're on a high and uh you don't want to get down from there, but uh unfortunately it was it was uh it was down for a bit after that after that race, had a big crash in Here. Um I think it was, no, it was Texas after Texas. I, I always struggled with that track and managed to not do a bad result there, actually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we went to Jerez and Jerez I was on fire again and and I was ready to just go out there and win the race. And uh, first corner, I ripped it a little bit too hard and, and had a big crash in the first corner, big high side and got run over by Alex Marquez and red flagged the race again. <laughs> Just creating drama, and uh yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and then from there it was kind of uh, you know I had to find my feet again to to get back on it again, so I actually broke my collarbone in that crash, but uh, yeah, from there, it was kind of like, all right, gotta start again and, and and rebuild what we had so and try to be a bit smarter, but you know, there were still a few more mistakes throughout that year unfortunately and I think that podium was kind of just like, yeah, well, I've done the podium. Now I can do more. So it was kind of like, every race has got to be a podium. And I was just maybe pushing it a little bit too much, you know. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and also I had a, you know, had some bad luck as well last year. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, move on. You learn from it. And Yeah, hopefully this year we could improve on those things.
1: Now let's talk about the off season. There was some talk during the off season that you might be potentially joining KTM, replacing Johan Zarco. Talk about what happened during the off season and the decision to stay on a Moto Two bike again this year.
0: It was kind of really this was kind of the season, um, and yeah, there was a, there was an opportunity there, and you know, if I honestly, if I knew that this was going to happen all the all the coronavirus and stuff, I might have taken it, to be honest, and seeing how good the results are lately, you know, kind of kicking myself now. But the idea was to, you know, put in a good first half of the season this year and, and then kind of pick and choose where I'd like to go, you know, instead of just going straight to TPM just to get the MotoGP. GP. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't know. You know, right now I'm kind of kicking myself because everything is kind of just pushed back at least a year, you know, Um, with all the coronavirus going on. Seems like all the manufacturers are just resigning riders. Um, So, yeah, I mean, now, looking at it, I would have said okay, thanks, but you know, I'll read the future, can you?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, that's right. Well, it's been a great start to the season so far for you, Remy. Let's Let's talk about some of these races. Round one of the championship, we mentioned it earlier, Qatar. uh, Sixth in quali, fifth in the race. Uh, Round two, Spanish Grand Prix, 12th in quali, seventh in the race. And then the Andalusian Grand Prix, a very tough race for all riders. Uh, That was a little bit more tricky for you, but talk about these first three rounds of the championship and how they've played out for you.
0: Yeah. um, Qatar was quite um, a bit of a spectacular race for me. Uh on Friday I had a big high tide in in turn one in uh two. I think it would have been uh the time when I was going for trying to make it into P two and uh yeah, launched myself and knocked myself pretty unconscious a little bit. And then uh I actually broke a rib. Uh <laughs> I didn't want to do an x ray. I said, no, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And I actually had a broken rib. And uh, Saturday, you know, 3 in the last lap, I managed to go to Q2. I think we qualified uh, six. And in the race, I was getting really speed up in the first part of the race, and it was not good. And I was going backwards. And then I think I was about six laps to the end. I was probably in 13th or something like that. And then I said, all right. All right, gonna pull my finger out here. So I just started coming back, passing everyone aggressively and and making up as much time as I could and, and managed to get back up to fifth. So Qatar was a, a decent race. Um, you know, I think podium, uh, could have been impossible, but uh, you know, circumstances weren't there. Then, Harris, uh, yeah, Hares one won was, was quite difficult. Um, Struggled with setting and re grip all weekend. Managed to get the front working pretty well, and then uh, in the in the race I knew we were going to have grip issues, but uh, you know I, I I tried to manage it as best as I could, and you know I think I managed to race one really well, really really well, and and managed to end up seventh. So our goal was the top seven, and, and we did it. And if you look at the progression over the weekend, it was really really good. So um, then we thought, okay, let's try and get the re-grip for the bike for the race too. So we kind of started the second weekend with a different, uh, set and a different, um, uh, kind of, yeah, just a different way of, of making the bike work. And we kind of took a bad bike and made it worse. So it was not good. Um, yeah, we, uh, we lost the rig. I don't know why, but there was no re-grip even, even then. And, and, and we lost the front, the good front feeling. So, uh, it was kind of like a double whammy and, uh, yeah, it was kind of just like, man, I don't even know if I can finish this race. So in the end, managed two points better than nothing, but yeah, just can't let that kind of thing happen again.
1: And what was it like physically? Cause you know, even in the MotoGP race, we saw so many riders struggling after the race. What was it like for you physically riding during that, those weekends?
0: Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. <laughs> It was really, really bad. Um, just, I mean, the the first race was probably a little bit cooler than the second one. The second race was ridiculous, and it, it, I think the, the asphalt was sixty four or something like that, something ridiculous. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I was I was okay physically, hot like everyone else. But um, yeah, I mean, everyone everyone's in the same position. I was I was not too bad, especially the first race. Where I could really, I, I wasn't really, you know, fighting with anyone, and I could kind of just focus on my rhythm, um, and it was not too bad. I was okay, and the second race was was quite difficult, more because my feet were burning and my hands are burning and my ass is sizzling away there. And the last five laps, man, you're you're actually in pain from from how hot the bike is underneath you. So it was more kind of that being a factor than actually. You know, having heat exhaustion or anything.
1: You know, for our listeners tuning into this, what kind of training are you doing away from race weekends to prepare yourself for these conditions?
0: Um, I actually don't ride a bicycle or anything. I go for a run sometimes, but I don't. I don't hit the gym. I don't do the bicycle. I don't do all that. I actually just ride as much as I can. I just get on my bike, whether it's motocross or dirt track or mini moto or trails or whatever. I just try and get on a bike as much as possible. I think, you know, the best training for riding a motorcycle is riding a motorcycle.
1: (laughs) For sure. And this season, obviously, it's going to be very different. No race at Phillip Island, unfortunately. When are you hoping to get to Australia next?
0: I think it'll probably be next year, to be honest. Um, With everything going on like this, uh, (laughs) yeah, racing until the last weeks of November. Not sure how uh travelling is gonna be. Yeah, it's probably gonna have to be next year unfortunately. So yeah, it's a big shame about Philip Island and hopefully next year we can have it and uh because seriously it's one of my favorite tracks. It's just, uh it's a really big shame for me, you know, don't get to see the fans and things and and uh, and ride that spectacular track. So yeah, it's a big shame for me. Um unfortunately, uh the way it is this year, but uh yeah already looking forward to it for next year.
1: Oh for sure, for sure. And what are the goals for the remainder of the championship? Where do you wanna be?
0: I'd like to finish in the top five in the championship. So, uh, you know, we've got to be point scoring top five every race. Um and like I said, we can't let those uh those weekends happen again like, like last arrest. So that that would be my goal and uh yeah, we need to work hard, keep calm, keep focused and uh, no mistakes is, is the key.
1: Yeah, and away from the track as well. You like building cars as well, do you?
0: Yeah, I got a little workshop uh, just about ten minutes from my house, and um, yeah, it's three hundred square meters, and I got a little car lift there, and I got a a classic Volvo Amazon there, and making a bit of a hot rod out of it, doing an engine swap, and uh, also got I got an Alfa Romeo GTV from nineteen seventy-two and uh yeah, uh, just work on the both of them, and yeah, just love making things and light machining and uh yeah working with computer softwares and CNC and 3d printing all of that I love it a uh, uh yeah oh welding as well, fabricating just in general, I love doing it.
1: There you go. That's awesome stuff. Just some final questions to wrap up with. uh, Favourite track? You've ridden on many tracks around the world. What's your favourite track to compete on?
0: I'd probably say uh, The Violent and probably close up there also, now.
1: Oh, yeah. There you go. And there might be some young riders listening to this that want to progress through the championships. What words of advice would you give to any riders?
0: Just don't give up when it looks tough and it looks like it's all bleak and it's not going to happen you just got to keep fighting just keep trying and keep fighting and and don't give up because it's a long road and you just got to keep hanging in there because you know you're going to have ups and downs and and in the downs you're going to feel like you're so far away but you just got to keep keep going and keep pushing because you will get there <laughs>
1: and what's the best piece of advice that you've received
0: um, probably to have fun, you know, and enjoy, enjoy every moment, enjoy the journey, enjoy what you're doing, because if you're not enjoying it, you may as well not do it.
1: There we go. Very well said there, Remy. Remy Gardner, thank you so much for joining us on the podium and all the best of luck for the remainder of the Moto2 Championship.
0: Yeah, no worries. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure to, to be on the show today and uh, hopefully, uh, yeah, like you said, uh, the remainder of the season can bring in some good uh, good results for you guys.